Hello everyone, my name is Brian Tussaud, and welcome to the Fur Peasants Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Kelly Isaac. And let me tell you something. You're going to want to stick around for this one. Kelly is a professional pool ball player. She actually plays pool for a living. How cool is that? But it was not easy to get to where she is now. In fact, it's one hell of a story. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Brian. How are you doing today? I'm great. It's nice to see you again. Yeah, you too. You too. Is there anything you can tell us that you're doing in the near future? Any uh, competitions or anything you're working on or anything new? Yeah, actually, I am. Well, I think I haven't scheduled it yet, but there's a big tournament in Las Vegas in December, and it um, it's called the U.S. Bar Table Championships, and I've done pretty well in it in the past. I mean, I took I had two second place finishes. And it's very tough competition. I really like it. That's going to be exciting. When when was that again? It's in December. I think it's December. I want to say it starts on the 9th or 10th, somewhere around there. Is that going to be live, like broadcasted or They will TV? stream it. Awesome. Yeah, they'll stream it. I, I will probably do some stuff ahead of that. I just don't know yet. Right. Yeah, I'll keep an eye out and uh, I'll stream it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I wanted to get a little uh, origin story from you. Okay. So, how you like how you grew up, where you grew grew up? Okay. Well, um, I grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and I um, went to I graduated from Whitmer High School, so I was in that area, Lexus area um and i had just a normal family life i guess you'd say did I, you do any sports in school i did a lot i loved sports mm-hmm. so i found out at a young age that i was well i thought i was a boy <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of right. when i was young you know i was a, i was a tomboy is what i was mm-hmm. But uh, I used to, I hung out with the boys more than I did the girls. So I found out at a young age I was different than the other girls who liked to play Barbies. I wanted to go play football. So I was very athletic, yes. I I find it fun too, so. Yeah. (laughs) When's the first time you picked up a pool stick? Well, that's an interesting story. So because I was, I had a brother, and uh, my brother wasn't very athletic. I was the athletic one. So my dad and I did all the sports things together. We threw the football. We threw the baseball. We played basketball in the yard, things like that. And we also liked to watch pool. My dad was really into watching pool on TV. So I don't know how old I was when I started watching pool, but I he loved it. And I, I was a daddy's girl. And then I just loved it. And I just remember watching it for years and just loving the game and but I don't think I actually picked up a cue till I was around I think my dad felt like 16 or 17 was a good age to take me in the pool room and because you know the pool room is kind of a iffy place it can be so but he took me in the actual pool room when I was about 16 17 and I picked up a pool cue and 
it was over from there. I loved it. I fell in love. And was your dad a uh, pretty good pool player? Yeah, my dad's really good. He's 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 good. Um, he doesn't compete on a national level, but he's a threat here locally. <laughs> That's awesome. And how long has he been playing? Just basically forever? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's probably something he's done his whole life. And I mm -hmm. think like me, I, I take after my dad. I think he's kind of one of those people that's really good at everything and competitive. And he's a great golfer too. So he's also a great bowler. So I think he's just an all around competitor. Very nice. Uh, what did your parents do for a living? My dad, um, he started off repossessing cars <laughs> and then he ended up a vice president at Huntington bank. So, oh, uh, wow. with commercial loans, commercial loans, I think there's a few different categories, but, uh, he was very successful. And my mother, she was, uh, she worked at national city bank. So I guess, um, I had bankers in the family. That's probably, I worked at a bank for yeah. a little bit, too, because I thought that might be a direction maybe I should go in because <laughs> everybody else in the family works at a bank, mm -hmm. but I didn't like it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. You are uh, pretty good with uh, managing money then since your parents were bankers? I, You know what? My dad always taught me the importance of managing money and saving and bank accounts. Um so yeah, I've always been really responsible with money, but it had amazed, always amazed me to see these young kids coming in that have no idea how to manage their money at all. Um, so I guess I was lucky that I grew up with a responsible banker family because I learned a lot about managing money. That's a good thing because mm -hmm. a lot of people just spend every paycheck they have and paycheck to paycheck. And yeah, I have a, a savings account and I have another it's like a safety net kind of account just in case I, I don't really understand it but they told me to get it so i got it yeah you have to have that it's got well it only has like a hundred bucks in that one it's i don't it's just like a safety net it's I guess. there right yeah. you might need that hundred dollars someday you'll be happy true. it's there true so how long have you been playing pool like how many years I get asked that question a lot and I really should sit down and think about that mm -hmm. answer because I don't know. I have so much, there's so many gaps in there. I want to say, I mean, I'm just guesstimating. So I'm going to say 12 years altogether. Right. Like 12 um, solid years. Well, I mean, you know, I took like a 10 year hiatus in there somewhere. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I... I want to say all together between the time that I started, between the, the hiatus, and then now I want to say probably about 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could say solid. Mm -hmm. Sounds right. I don't know if I'd use that word. I mean, if I, you know, by seeing you play. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like 12 years to me, so. I think that's about accurate. Yeah. I, yeah, that's good. And is that that pays off well, right? practicing that that much yes um you have to practice a lot to be competitive in that sport or unless you're one of them really blessed people that just have this unnat you know unbelievable ability and you know most people have to practice a lot right but some people may say that about you i mean i would <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess i mean i i did have a natural 
I, but I had to develop it. I had to develop it a lot. Right. I had to practice a lot. So let's go back to when you were 16, 17 years old and you picked up the pool stick. So your dad took you into the bar or wherever you play pool and you pick it up and play. So what happened from there? Um, well, I instantly knew that I wanted to play this game. And I think because I was athletic growing up, I played basketball, I played softball, I played all these team sports. And, but the problem was, is I never really got along with other people in school. I always felt like I was different than them. I never really quite fit in. I got made fun of, you know, things like that. So the team sports, I got kicked off the basketball team. I should probably throw that out there. So I got kicked off the basketball team because I was now starting to get, you know, I'm going back a little bit again, but I started getting in trouble, you know, skipping school, getting detention, and the basketball team's like, absolutely not, goodbye. So I, which was fine because none of the other girls on the team liked me anyway. But with pool, it was like, wow, you know, here's something I can do. I was always a loner anyway. Um, I can do this by myself. So I can go into the pool hall and I can put in all these hours and good, get good at something. And I don't need to do this with somebody else. Right. So I think, I don't know if that was necessarily a healthy way of looking <laughs> at things. But I think for me, I really enjoyed that time alone with myself. Yeah. Just me and the table. And I loved that. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I've been in a lot of team sports as well, and I played music all my life, kind of just like how you play pool, and been in bands all the time, and they always quit or something happens or it doesn't work out. And just doing it yourself, going off, and now with all this technology and everything, you can do it yourself so much better. Just going alone. You can put all them hours in, like you said, and actually benefit from it and see it pay off. Yeah. And then when I do get in competition, the only person I have to count on is myself. I don't right. have to worry about somebody passing me the ball or I don't have to worry about letting somebody down or anything like that. I'm responsible for myself and myself only. Not that I didn't play in team events later down the road in pool, but um, that's a whole nother story. So, yeah. so you went from basketball, sport, team sports to pool and you found a passion for it. Yes. So what what are you doing with this passion? Now what? Well, um, now I am. I mean, like you're, you're 16 or 17 right oh, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I thought you were talking about today. No, uh, yeah, okay. we're moving so on. So now I am, I'm 16, 17 years old. I'm getting out of school. I'm going straight to the pool hall. I'm practicing. Um, this is when I started meeting other people because they, you know, they don't see too many females in the pool hall practicing by themselves. Yeah, especially probably 16, 17 mm -hmm. years old. Yeah. I highly so, doubt you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had, um, I'll never forget this guy. His name was Tino Mendoza. <laughs> and he came up and he just started showing me. He, he knew, he saw something in me. And he started teaching me how, what, how exactly to aim and he would just set the balls up and I would just shoot them. And that man taught me so much about playing. And um, at least now I knew what I was practicing. I knew how to practice instead of just getting up there and doing whatever. Now I had a way to practice. And this is when I really started putting in the hours. 
Um, that definitely matters because then we didn't really have like all these tools to help us out. Just hop online and uh, figure it out. Like you can't, we could, but not like now, like having an experienced coach or someone to show you really helps. Yeah. I didn't have any videos or anything and there wasn't YouTube videos with the internet. I mean, wasn't, I'm sure it was out then. It was. I'm not that ancient, but (laughs) I can't remember what year it was, but anyway, it wasn't as popular and and that kind of stuff wasn't available. Um, So Tina was a big help. Um, And that's, somebody had come up to me and they said, you need to go to this other pool hall. That's where all the good players are. If you really want to develop your game, you should go to this Glass City Billiards. And uh, it was a little seedier, though. It was like... um, Some rough people. It was... You know, I remember going in there, and it was just a totally different feel. It was closed off and... Uh, smaller, but that's when I, I mean, I couldn't believe the talent that was in there and, and it just, my love for the game just kept getting bigger. Cause it was like looking at these players, they were so good and they were, they were gambling for money and people were coming from out of town to play these people for money. I mean, it was exciting. So sounds like, uh, some like outlaws, like, I feel like a Western movie, like you just walk <laughs> in and that's, that's how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> I mean, this was a pool. Pool halls today are not really like this. This was a pool hall. You walk yeah. in, you, there's a pop machine. There's a, there's, um, I don't even know if there, no, there was a jukebox. There was a jukebox and a pop machine, but there was no alcohol. The only food you could get was chips. So people came there to play pool. Nice. You know, whereas today, a lot of the pool halls, it's, you know, food, like they have a full menu. Full, not that there's anything wrong with that, but this was a... When I think of a pool hall, this was... Right. That was the main attraction. Yeah. Not like a bar that happens to have pool tables. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you met Tino. Mm-hmm. All right. You got some good coaching. And how long did that last? Tino mentored me for quite a while um, until I started hanging out really at this Glass City billiards. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I started learning a lot by watching. I found out that just by watching, I could uh, mimic these players' stroke. I could mimic the way that they play. I learned a lot about moving the cue ball around the table. It was interesting how much you can pick up just from watching. Right. And I think a lot of hours, because um, I noticed if I watched a player for about an hour, I could get up and practice in my I would be playing better than I was before. So made a difference. So at the, it was Glass City Pool Hall. What was that billiards. what it was? Glass City, Glass City billiards. billiards. Yeah. And uh, when you uh, started playing there, did people notice you? Like, did they notice this young girl coming in and wow, she has some skill and did they want to help you out? Did they, like, how was it when you were playing there? Yeah, I I did get noticed. I mean, I think I was probably the which I was used to kind of in my life cuz being a tomboy, I was the only girl that was hanging out in there and one of the workers his name was Omar. He was so funny. He taught me. This is how I started learning about gambling <laughs> cuz he would bet Ever, on everything and anything, flipping quarters. I mean, it was funny to watch some of the stuff that went on in the pool hall. Um, 
the bedding. It was, and then at night they would close down the, the, I can say this now because it's closed, but at night they would close down the pool hall and they would have, they would play poker around the pool table. Nice. And now, so now I'm picking up something else. I'm right. learning how to play Texas Hold'em. Hey, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. And, and I just remember, I have so many memories of walking out of the pool room at seven o'clock in the morning after being there all night and just bright sun coming at me. And it just, this was now my life. Like I was coming to the pool rooms and just staying there all night. Um, at this point in time, I'm like 18, you know, okay. of course my just getting out. You got out of high school or yeah, I'm out of high school yeah. now and yeah. I'm, I'm playing every day. I'm at the pool hall every night. Um, so yeah, cause my parents never would have gone for that, but now I'm 18. So they couldn't really say anything and they knew I was okay. They knew I was playing. And yeah. They, they knew, knew what you were. So, yeah. So, so you're 18, you get, you, were you uh, betting money a lot then? Were you making some side money, some good cash? Or Well, interesting in pool, you have to lose a lot before you start making money. Okay. So I was not making too much money at this point. I was betting money against players I could not beat, and mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't beat them, to try to season my game. They call it seasoning. And I would play against these players, and I know, I know I'm going to lose – I mean, I don't, I'm not feeling like I'm going to lose. It's not like I'm getting to the table going, I'm going to just give this money. I mean, I'm really trying to beat them and right. uh, I would get better and better. But I was also losing money on this guy, Omar, who was teaching me how to bet would, I would lose so much money to him. <laughs> it was, it was, it was funny. So I'm, I'm trying to get comfortable betting and it's really hard to do that. So I get nervous and I start missing balls that I should never miss. And as I kept losing money, Omar kept betting more and I was trying to get myself out of this hole that I was in with him. And I'm young. I only had like, I mean, a hundred dollars was a lot to oh, me. Yeah, I think he had, me, <laughs> yeah, I think he had me stuck like a hundred and some dollars. And then he looked at me and he goes, if you run to the pop machine and you get me a diet Coke in 20 seconds and get back here, (laughs) I'll let you off the hook. And I was so happy because I thought that I was going to lose everything that I had in this one night (laughs) at that age, a lot of money. So. Oh, I can, I can understand. So now you met Omar and he's, uh, showing you the, he's your, uh, uh, Obi-Wan basically (laughs) in betting and, so you got you you now have some Texas Hold'em skills. You sound pretty good at pool. Like, uh, were you beating other people or just losing to Omar? <laughs> I was playing anybody and everybody, and I was losing. But what I found that was doing for me is when I would go out of town, and when I say out of town, at this point in my life. Ohio, Michigan area, no, right. nothing too far, but I was winning in the women's events. Okay. And easily. So now you're uh, going out of town and was are these like uh like pool halls or uh, uh competitions are they just at local bars or Some of them are at pool halls, some of them were at they would um clear out hotel lobbies. And they would rent out the hotel and they'd bring the pool tables in. And it was really fun because everybody would stay for the weekend and you'd just walk out of your hotel room and there's a pool table and you'd just, you'd play your matches and they were, they were, but they were 
all night long. So they were exhausting. They called them like this one event was called Sleepless in Sandusky and it went on all weekend long, literally no sleep. I could not do that today. There's no way all weekend, no sleep, just one event after the next. And I did really well there. So I, I felt, I was feeling really confident about myself, confident in my game, um, hanging out at the pool hall every day. And yeah. So was it like flyers or word of mouth or how do you know about tournaments? Word of mouth and flyers. Okay. I think a lot of stuff was word of mouth because we would even, I mean, there was no Facebook back then. And, right. you know, now I look at how much pool has changed because of Facebook, mm-hmm. which I quite honestly think it's ruined the game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in ways it's enhanced it, but in ways it's completely ruined it. Uh, it's better for tournament play, but it's not great for if you're, oh, so I, I would hear all these stories about being on the road. And okay. so I'm like, what is this road thing? You know, so everybody, you know, you're hanging out in the pool room. I'm the only girl. There's like 10 guys around old timers. Some of them are current and they talk about these road players and gambling on the road. And it just always sounds so exciting. They have all these stories about this guy hustling this guy and just all these things. And, um, I, I loved hearing the stories and we would have players come through from different areas. And because there was no Facebook, we didn't know who these guys were. They would walk in the pool room and they just wanted to play for money. Nobody knows their names. Nobody knows where they're from. And you had to kind of figure it out. So I'd listen to these guys trying to negotiate this game all night. And and by the time they'd finally play, you're like, it's really exciting. And, um, did you have a, uh, pool name a stage name or? I never had a stage <laughs> name I never had one um but a lot some people do some people don't you know they I guess I never developed like my own unique thing to get a name I think everybody has like something they always have you know or like the Jeanette Lee the Black Widow she was known because she had long black hair and she always wore black she had a black glove you know um, there's always something like that, but I didn't really have, I mean, I wear, I always wear all black, but they can't call me the black widow too. So <laughs> I never really had anything. All right. So you, uh, you travel on just, uh, basically around the state and, uh, borders, border states bordering Ohio, yes. uh, going to competitions and 18 around 18, 19 and so you come back, and how how do your parents think about that? What do they think of you? You know, they have to know you're trapped unless you moved out. I think my dad was. I think my dad was okay with it at this point, um, but it was like around. I think I was around 19 when um, when I met Jack, and um, that kind of. Things kind of started. No, you know what? No, I was 18 when I met Jack because Jack came in the pool room when I was around 18, hustled me. Okay. I walked in and this guy was standing at the counter and he said, I'll play you for a dollar a game and I'll give you, I'll explain this in a minute, but he said, I'll give you the blue through. And what that means is in nine ball, it's a game you you play in order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You hit them in order. And he was basically saying, all I have to do is make the two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I make any one of those balls and I win the game. 
And I'm looking at him like, how is he going to, you know, I'll play anybody like that. Like, okay. So a dollar game. All right, I'll play you. And I start playing him and I never got to the table. He just break, run, break, run, break, run. And I'm just watching him like, what in the heck? And another guy walked up to me and said, do you know who that is? And I said, no. And they're like, that's Jack Hines. And I'm thinking, that's the guy that I've heard all these like road stories about for years. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I just kept playing because I was kind of in awe with what he was doing. I wanted to see how many, how long he could do it. I think I lost $40 to him. <laughs> that's insane. Like, and you just stood there. I'm just like looking at him. I just couldn't believe he, you know, somebody could just play that good. Um, but he said to me, I think I was 18 around that time. <clears throat> I'll never forget. He, I mean, he says to me when he's walking out the door, he said, I'm coming back in a year. And when I come back, we're going to go on the road. And <laughs> that's, not, that's just like <laughs> something you see in the movies. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, it felt like it. And I'm like the road, the road mm-hmm. that I've been hearing about for, I keep saying years, but I guess I'd only been probably a year. It felt like years at the time because mm-hmm. I was younger. You know, it feels right. like eternity when mm-hmm. you're that age. But I've been hearing about this road for so long. This guy's going to like take me on the road. How cool is that? And I wanted to see what this was all about. So um, I just ignored the fact that he said he's coming back in a year uh, because he had to wait for him. He had to wait to get off probation. Oh, <laughs> that kind of just like, I don't know why all, yeah. the bells didn't go off in my head, but he wasn't I, allowed to leave what the state or city or whatever. Well, he, he actually was living in Arkansas at the time. I really oh. don't know why I think he was there to try to, I'm not sure why he was there, but he went back to Arkansas. I don't think he was supposed to be there and he went back to, or he had to maybe probation hadn't started yet. I'm not really sure. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he had to finish this year of probation and then he was going to come get me and go on the road. And at 18, I thought that sounded like a good idea. I mean, it's, that's an awesome experience. I mean, when I was 18, I didn't travel. Well, I did. That was the last year I kind of traveled, but it wasn't like that. I just kind of went to California and visited my mom, but wasn't like on my own traveling, you know, going to uh, bars and uh, pool halls and hotels, playing pool, you know, making money and having fun, you know. Yeah. Well, I uh, I was warned quite a bit about not uh, people told me, don't do it. Do not go with this guy. He's not a good person. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm fine. I can handle myself. I'm a, I'm an adult, mm-hmm. you know, so. Can't tell me what to do, you know. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I thought everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. So between the time he left after he hustled you and before he came back, was there anything in there that happened not clearly i think from that time i just was really motivated to get really good so when he came back i would be ready so i was just putting in a lot of time same Mm -hmm. same stuff yeah now you have a lot of motivation yep and now i have motivation Mm -hmm. and i wasn't sure if he was actually going to come back or not um i think i kind of thought maybe he wouldn't like yeah okay you know but then when he came back it was like wow you're coming back we're actually going on the road um, I think I told my dad, I would have to ask my dad this, but I think I told my dad I was just going to a, a tournament or something, and I didn't actually tell him 
who I was going with or, and I'm not sure my dad knew about him. I mean, my dad played locally, but he didn't play in that pool hall. And I don't think he knew who Jack was or heard the stories or anything like that. And I don't think, I know he didn't know because there's no way he would have let me leave with this guy. (laughs) So yeah, you'd probably have to want to meet him or know more about him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just said I'm going to this tournament mm-hmm. and I knew I wasn't coming like I knew I wasn't going to come right back, but yeah. I just told them that. I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. I didn't right. really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So, I just packed some stuff and left with this guy that I didn't really hardly know. Mhm. Was it just you just you and him? It was just me and him. I okay. had I had a, I mean, you know, without obviously going into anything extensive because we'd be here for hours, but I had a <laughs> long history of already making bad decisions mm-hmm. <clears throat> before I got into pool. Pool kind of, you know, I told you, I said, I talked about detention and things like right. that, skipping school. So mm-hmm. I, w- I was kind of a troubled kid. Okay. When I got into pool, I kind of got away from that a little bit. Then I meet this guy and now I'm kind of pulled back into this, this exciting like life and, um, just the bad decisions started mm-hmm. coming back. Right. So you're on the road now. So where are you going? Are you just are you going like close by or are you just going on the other side of the country? Well, again, back then, now I sound old, we didn't have GPS, we didn't have all that stuff. So we got the Atlas out and it's like we're just gonna go to these pool halls. We're gonna go to these different major cities or areas and we're going to walk in and make money. And so, I mean, I think. So he knew what he was doing. He, he knew what he was yeah. doing. He has done, he was, he was older than me. Mm-hmm. I, that was another thing. I think he was like 40 years old. I was 18. So wow. 19, yeah. 19. So he, he knew what he was doing. He had done this for years. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a whole routine. It was actually kind of fun. Uh, if we went into like a little bar, he would, he was really good at playing the obnoxious, drunk of course he wasn't drunk but he would play the obnoxious drunk like pretend like he was wasted and guys hated him and they just wanted to play him he would say to them he's the best in the world and then he'd get up and he would lose purposely and then say well you know you're no good my girlfriend could beat you and and then i would my role was to be pretend like I wanted him to leave. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get him out of here. He does this all the time. And then he would just keep talking his smack. And eventually I would end up playing. So, and then they, they, you know, guys don't like losing to a girl, but what people don't realize it's not easy for a girl to walk into a bar and make money playing pool because guys don't want to gamble with a female. For Hmm. one, if a girl wants to play you for money, immediately an alarm goes off in the guy's head because it's not something common they see and they think, oh, this girl's a pool hustler. Um, So I can't just do that on my own. It's very, very hard. And I mean, there are certain types you can do that with, but um, a lot of guys don't want to play a girl for money. They'll play you for drink because they don't mind losing that. They feel like it's a win-win for them. But so Jack and I working as a team worked really well. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, quite the uh, the setup plan there. Seems like that's kind of foolproof. Like it's like 
making a lot of money at that time or yeah yeah i mean now i mean i wouldn't say i mean a lot for us i mean we were we were living on the road we were living on hotels we had to pay for everything so uh you know everything cost buddy and then he would go to the bigger tournaments and he would do well in those but you know people hated him so i was finding that out real quick okay and i was also finding out that you know we would go to these pool halls and he, I, I'm actually surprised we didn't get attacked by people because some of the stuff that he would do and just to make people mad. And these guys were not people you want to make mad. Yeah. If they find out you're getting hustled <laughs> yeah, like that in a bar where there's alcohol, if, if it's like that, yeah, mm-hmm. you did, I could see yeah. some fights breaking out. Does that ever happen? Um, there were some times where it was close, but you know, yeah, it it didn't it didn't it didn't happen. I don't know why and I don't know how, but it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And but, but Jack was definitely an interesting character. He also he had there were some things I didn't know about him. Obviously, he had a um, he had a he had a bad drug habit, and I sometimes I would just you know just be afraid of him because I would just sit there and he would be using drugs and paranoid. When he, and, used, he got used to you being around and he just kind of just all of a sudden just did his drugs? Well, he would do, he would do drugs, but he didn't really care that I was there or not. But um, he, he was a very paranoid person. Even when he wasn't using drugs, he always thought, I knew I was in trouble when we're out in the middle of Missouri and he's, he's sure we're being followed, you know, no. we're being followed. Um, and I'm out there, I'm 19. I can't, go anywhere it's my car <laughs> it's my oh. car okay by the way that's so yeah. so i'm driving i'm with this guy he's thinking people are following us at this point he even had me writing down license plate numbers and i mean i'm not i'm if you think from my point of view what am i going to do go you're crazy and you start can't. To, i can't right yeah. so I'm, I'm out in the middle of nowhere i have to just play along with his delusions yeah which he had quite a few of them. Um, it was get pretty scary at times. So yeah, it, it, it was, uh, I'm thinking this is not what I expected. This is not, I don't know what I thought the road was going to be, but I didn't think it was going to be this. I didn't think it was going to be, and there were times we had to sleep in the car. Mm-hmm. There were time. I mean, there were times we had no money where we had to eat at restaurants and leave. <laughs> You oh, know? yeah, Dine and Dash. The old Dine and Dash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were good at it. <laughs> so Red Lobster. Were Red, oh, no. good <laughs> Red Lobster was our favorite place. I know. I did, terrible. But I think we've all done that, haven't we? Have you done that? I've done it through a drive-thru. A drive-thru? Yeah. What, you got your food and just drove off? They gave off? me the food first. That's their fault. <laughs> they, and you just decided at that moment that you were just going to take off? Because usually you pay first. Right. So... You didn't know you were going to do that then until you got the food. Yeah, they gave me the food. And I'm like, wait, do they want me to pay for this? And I, I'm like, I'm out of here. And you just took off? Yeah. yeah. That's the craziest thing I ever heard. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> Seriously, that's that's insane to me. Um, of all the things I've done, that that's the craziest. <laughs> because your car, they got your license plate. You're like right there, and you're just you got the. It's a five dollar meal. They're gonna what are they gonna do? And and you're blatantly taking off. Like if I if it died, that's their fault though. Dining, they gave me the like, food. Dining and dashing. At least you can be sneaky about it. You know, one person goes to the car, the other person acts like they're going to the bathroom. Yeah. Well, this wasn't just, like. Nobody Recent actually sees you. <laughs> well, was, I was about the same age. Yeah. And I don't know if they had a camera. I didn't even think about a camera. But they yeah. gave me the food first. Like. That was their mistake. That's, yeah. They do. Some places do that now. They like a Big B will give you the coffee first. Oh, thanks for telling me. Maybe I'll go to. Maybe I'll try it's a free your coffee. move. I'll yeah. just, you know. Yeah. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Be adventurous. Start doing that. They got to change their rules. <laughs> Now, if I ever go to a fast food restaurant and they give me the food first, I am going to forever be thinking, should I gun it? <laughs> yeah. Should I gun it right now? <laughs> or you could be uh, in uh, Sonic. They Well, it's, I don't really like Sonic. But I don't eat much fast food, but they'll walk out into the line and give you your food and you have to drive up and pay. So you've been thinking about this. Yeah, I've been, pl- I've been plotting the plan. It's <laughs> interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so besides drive through uh <laughs> Heiss, um, you uh, found out this guy is just, he sounds like, like you, you're, it sounds like you're scared. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like he's doing drugs. He's hustling people. People don't like him. Do people not like you too when uh, you're associated with him? Well, I was quickly building a reputation that I didn't know, you know, at the time because it was like, who's this girl running around with Jack Hines? And, um, you know, it it wasn't a very good reputation. I'm automatically going to be associated with whatever he's doing and I don't even, I didn't even know the list of it at that time. You know, I didn't even know the back history. Now there's a whole thread on AZ Billiards about stories about him. Hmm. It's very, very interesting. He's out in California, I think somewhere now, um, been arrested a bunch of times, living on the street. I mean, it's a really bad, sad story because the guy was extremely talented. Like my talent times, 10,000 and then in everything that he did, you know, so Mm -hmm. super smart. But anyway, so this guy, I'm stuck out there. I'm ter. I am. I'm scared of him. Yeah. I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, there were times we'd be in the hotel room and he would turn up all the sound and be walking around the room and everything's just, he thinks somebody's out to get him. And, um, so I just was like, he thought the car was bugged. I think at one point he, I, I was worried he was going to start thinking I was undercover. Sounds like he was schizophrenic. You know, he had, I, it could have been like drug induced schizophrenia True. or yeah. uh, he just, you're right, you're right. I mean, it could be knowing what I know now. I know a lot more about mental illness. He definitely had paranoid delusions, yeah. but like, and it wasn't always drug induced because I mean, he, he was sober most of the time. Um, Anyhow, so forward a little bit. I've been on the road with him now. Let's let's. I want to say around three months. Okay. <laughs> and the longest three months of my life. Right. And we're coming back to Toledo. We're coming back to Toledo, 
and it's New Year's Eve. And I haven't told my family that I'm coming back because I don't know what we're doing. So it's New Year's Eve and he decides he wants to get some party supplies. Okay. And at this point, I'm kind of like, it's New Year's Eve. I kind of want to partake this one time because... You're back now. You yeah. Know, you're- it's like, it's t- I'm, you know, I, I'm feeling good. It's New Year's. You're supposed to party on New Year's Eve, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what my mindset was. Yeah. So I was like, I'll try it. And I can always look back in my life and decisions that I made. <laughs> and that was a bad decision. And it changed the course of my life that night because we, the story went, we got off in downtown Toledo. We picked up the first random guy we saw walking down the street, asked him if he could get us some stuff. The guy got in our car and I saw police lights in the back of my window. So the guy jumps out. I have the supplies in my hand. The guy in the back seat jumps out of the car. My car door is open. Jack's driving. (laughs) Jack just takes off, just takes off. And I'm like, the, now we're being chased. I'm like, what? What are you doing? I'm screaming at him. I'm like, stop, stop. And he's turning corners. He's like, throw it out the window. Throw it out the window right now. Throw it out. Boom. It's gone. Um, then the cops, then all of a sudden, there's six cop cars surrounding our car. I'm thinking, I'm my life is, oh, you know, I don't know anything about the law. I've never been in trouble. You know, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's like, we're in so much trouble. Uh, they searched my car, they tore it apart, they arrested him and I, um, they just, I just went to the, whatever, the office building, the police thing. And I had to call my parents and tell them to come pick me up. (laughs) And they didn't even know you were home yet. And my car got impounded and they didn't even know I was in town. So it's like, and I missed Christmas. So I'm like, Merry Christmas. Yeah, I'm in town, but I'm at the police station downtown. I need a ride because my car is impounded. So that was probably a, hopefully my dad will never listen to this because I told my dad that the, the story I said was that we got pulled over. Um, we got, uh, that Jack had a warrant out for his arrest for an unpaid parking ticket. And I, and he was driving. So they took him in and I had been drinking, so I couldn't drive. So they impounded my car and I needed a ride home. And that was the story that I came up with. And it worked. Sorry, Dad. Um, it worked. And I they were not happy with me, but they were like, okay, you know, at least you're safe and you're home. So anyhow. So you uh, got in trouble with the law. It seemed like you were, uh, you caught a break, though, because, you know, it was that other guy that was really the ones one they were after because he took off in the car and he well they probably talked to him he probably sounded crazy and you were a little little girl you know well they teenager. were familiar with him yeah I'm sure oh probably yeah yeah and so you're home now and 19 ish years old and so might have been back. 20 maybe I was maybe it was 20 when I went on the road you know my timing's so off I'm not even sure so I was 19 or 20 right, now whatever right. and you're back home and uh what now you're you're not traveling the road or you got back from the three months travel you're back home you had a quite the experience and well 
you know, I could, I could literally like go on forever, but, um, I'm not going to do that cause it'll be really boring. But basically what happened was, I mean, I was home. I was home for a short amount of time. I met back up with Jack cause he only spent the weekend in jail. Oh, you met back with him. Well, yeah, because he only spent the weekend there and he yeah. had no, no place to go after. I've kind of felt responsible for him now uh, because we had spent so much time together. Yeah. We ended up back on the road. Um, <laughs> I was able to get him back down to Arkansas only through a friend. And basically the guy kidnapped me to get him down there because I tried to, try to fly him back down and he took off in my car and wouldn't stop driving. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm driving him down. That's a whole different story. But um, anyhow, my life because of that night, because of the, uh, what, that night? Because or of from trying the, the drugs that night. Right. And then I guess I kind of felt that, I mean, I had done drugs in my teen years. Mm -hmm. That was, if this was the first time I'd done crack. Oh, yeah. So, hard, hard stuff. Yeah. And so I, now I've kind of felt like, oh, I wasn't afraid to try it. So what, I came across it again. And, um, and then, you know, I just, uh, Basically, I took, I, I had a, I had a path and pool. I had a dream. I had this vision of where I was going to go. And you're not going there right now. Now I'm not going there. I made a bad, I made a bad decision starting with Jack. Mm -hmm. And it led me to this long road of addiction and, and just darkness i guess were so. you not even thinking about pool anymore or you were thinking about it but just you couldn't like for some reason you couldn't go that way because you now are i still played actually i still played um developing more of this bad reputation because now i'm doing drugs and people are knowing me as mm -hmm. a drug user in yeah. the pool world uh, at this young age and um, I was hooked up with another group of people at this point in time who were using a lot. And um, my pool game slowly started to suffer and pretty much ended up becoming non-existent. I'd say around 21, 22, I just completely was so consumed with drugs that I really wasn't playing at all. And now at this point in my life, I'm trying to find ways to seek help. Mm -hmm. Like I want to get treatment. Like I know I'm killing myself. I'm a hundred and you know, now I'm down to, I'm five, nine. I was down to a hundred and like nine pounds or something like that. And I yeah. was, um, my, my every day was consumed with drugs. And unfortunately I was around, uh, somebody who had an endless supply. So it was always there. I just couldn't get out of it. What made so, you change your mind? I think I just knew like, I'm going to die. Like I know I had a close, I had a, a really close period where I felt that I, w I was going to overdose. Mm -hmm. I remember being with this group of people and I was in the, and I had to go to the bathroom cause I knew something was wrong and I fell and I could feel myself losing consciousness and I kept, just, I was like, I got to make it through this. I got to make it through this. And somehow I made it through that. Um, and that's when I was like, I got to go get help. But, you know, like any drug addiction, you know, the help doesn't happen the first time you go to treatment and most of the time it doesn't work the first time. So I was in and out of treatment for a while and, um, just meeting more people that were not good for me because I was in these treatment centers and I'm now meeting other people and, um, um, yeah, so <laughs> so now I'm trying different things, and I end up 
with, you know, this desire for some reason to, to try heroin. Mm. <laughs> like, I want to try this because this just sounds like a good idea. And this is you when know? you're going in and out of uh, yeah, I'm, I'm help in, meetings, AA or whatever it's called. I don't know what they call I it. I was in NA down in, I was living in Columbus at this time. So I'm in Columbus. I'm going to Narcotics Anonymous. Okay. And, and yeah, so I was just meeting all these people that had drug addictions. And I would listen to all these stories about heroin addicts and how they thought they found God when they did heroin the first time. And oh. I'm like, I want to know what that feels like, you know, because I still was, you know, when you have an addiction and you've done all these things to yourself, you, you're, your self-worth is next to zero. So I'm not feeling good about life. I'm not feeling good about myself. I just really just don't know what I'm going to do, what direction I'm going to go in. I am not happy. And I just, I got bored. I got bored. And so, so I had some time in clean and I was, but I was bored. I'm like, I need something exciting. I need something to make me feel again. You know, I want to feel something and, or not feel something, I should say. Maybe right. I didn't want to feel anything. Maybe that's mm-hmm. more what it was. I wanted to numb myself because I was starting to feel again, and I didn't like it. Right. I was like, what is this? So that's that's when I decided to try that because I thought maybe that was the answer mm-hmm. to making me feel better. So, yeah, I went through quite a bit, but... So you, you got to that, and when you tried out, heroin did you continue going in and out to therapy or uh your meetings or were you still yeah now i'm just full-blown using heroin Uh, now okay yeah (laughs) you know i went through a long long time i think maybe two years yeah struggled with that so Um, you uh got lucky like because i i've uh i've from uh just working in, uh, I work in a uh, factory, and there's people who use heroin there, and you hear the stories, and you hear people, pat, you know, OD, and it's like you just met them, and I'm assuming two years is probably a long time. It is, and it was definitely a different kind of life now because now I'm, you know, just all over the place in Columbus. Um, sometimes have no idea where I'm going to stay, you know, stuff like that. So it was pretty bad. And, uh, and I mean, it's, you know, without going into too much detail, I mean, I came home for a little while, I got better and then I went back, you know, back and forth. But my mom's sick at this point in time, she had been battling cancer. So I knew that I had to, I had to quit a line, like, pretending like everything's okay. Like I have to go get help. You know, I have to be with her cause she's not getting better. That's important. Yeah. She's not getting better. And, um, the guy I was with at the time would not let me go home anyway. So f- finally, I finally get out of that whole situation. Um, I get home and I, I, I get on the, they have like a methadone program here and I mm-hmm. was able to get on that and be with my mom. So, and it worked for me. I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, mm-hmm. but it worked for me. So I think that was like, and I never, I mean, I never looked back on that. You know, I never, I got off of it. It took me a while because that was yeah. a process in itself because mm-hmm. you have to be on methadone for a long time and you have to slowly get off of it. So, but I did that and I went through that whole process and I got off of it. So would you say that 
because of your mom? That's why you saved yourself? Why you quit? Um, well, yes and no. I mean, I'd like to think that was the reason. I just think that I was at a point in my life where I knew... I knew I was not going to make it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I like I was really at my lowest without, you know, I don't really want to dive too much into that story, but I was really at my lowest low mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and there were just things happening that I just, I just had to get out of it. I had to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was a stranger that saw it in my eyes, which is really weird because a stranger out of nowhere just like came up to me. I wish I knew who this was. I swear it was like an angel or something because mm-hmm. he just came up, this random person came up to me and just said, you know, just started talking to me because he saw sadness in my eyes and then ended up giving me enough money to go home. And, you know, I, he was like, you need to go. After I told him everything, I ended up crying and like Mm -hmm. telling him all this stuff. He's like, you need to get home. I'm giving you money. You need to take this and you need to go home. And I took it and I went home and, um, and I never looked back and it was just really weird. And I don't know if I would, if I wouldn't have ran into that random stranger, I really honestly don't know if I would have went home. And if my mother would have passed away, without me being there. I don't know. I don't think I'd be alive right now. Right. So it's like, I feel like I owe it all to the stranger. That's the best thing (laughs) that could happen. And that's why, you know, if you, when you meet someone like that, it makes us want to do that for other people too. Like, yeah, if you can just help someone out just by just being there and talking to them, it's changing their whole life. I don't even know this guy. I, I don't even know this person's name. I wish yeah. I could. I wish I did. I wish I could look him up somehow and yeah. thank him and tell him what he did for me. But because he'll never yeah. know. Maybe like, he'll hear this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's awesome though. Yeah, that uh, was pretty cool. Yeah, you went home and uh, so now uh, now what you uh. So, so basically what happened after my mother, my mother ended up passing away from cancer. I took care of her and, you know, time, you know, I went back to just, I got a job. I think that's when I started working at the bank and just started living a normal life, but Mm -hmm. I was just kind of bored. And then, um, cause you know, you go through all of that and it's really easy to get bored. But so I, I kind of gave up playing pool. Like I wasn't playing pool. I forgot how much I loved the game. I kind of gave up on it. It mm. was a dream I felt like I once had, but wasn't obtainable anymore. Okay. Yeah. And fast forward to 2013, I want to say. I want to say 2013. And two champions came through. Nick Varner and Johnny Archer came through Toledo and they were doing an exhibition. I got wind of it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I should go, you know, I should just go check it out. And I went and Nick and I became really good friends. And I found out that I still played really well. And I got this like feeling back in me that I hadn't felt in a long time. Yeah. And I just was like, wow, I can still play this game. So that felt really good. Cause I thought that was, I thought that was just a dream that was gone for me. And <clears throat> excuse me, always going to be a regret that I had and, but it wasn't. So I started, I decided I was going to go out to Las Vegas. I was going to compete in the tournament in 2013 and I went out there and I just played so bad. (laughs) I'll just be honest with (laughs) you. I expected something different. (laughs) No, it was like the worst. I 
I just thought, wow, I, I was ner- I was like, I was nervous. I'm like, where did this come from? Because I never really had nerves when I played in tournaments when I was younger. Yeah, so you choked under the pressure. I just felt all this enormous pressure, and I'm like, where did this guy? Mm-hmm. What is this? Like, I'm not used to this. Right. So, um, I was really upset with myself. Um, I put, a, I think I did it to myself. I put a lot of pressure on myself because I thought. Yeah. I was expecting to play like I did when I was younger. <laughs> so the following year, 2014, I said, okay, I'm going to try this again. And But this year, I said, I am not going to put pressure on myself. I'm just going to have fun. I just want to play my best. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I don't want to play bad. I don't want to go out there and play bad. I'm just going to play my best. And it doesn't matter if I win or lose. There you go. And that was maybe the key, I guess, because that year, 2014, I went up to Las Vegas, played in the BCA, and I won both the 2000 or the nine ball and the eight ball. I took first place in both the Damn. eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> the eight ball had like 250 some players on it. And the nine ball had about 76 or something like that. So it was a lot of competition. But it's and Vegas. Like that's like, like the place. Yeah, and I just decided, like, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it was a great year for me. It was so exciting, and I just felt like so accomplished, and and I was, I was focused. I mean, I would get up really early in the morning. I would be at my table practicing hour and a half before my match. As soon as, and, and you had plays sometimes till like eleven at night. You know, I'd start at like ten in the morning and play till like eleven or mm. twelve at night. And I go to sleep and I get up and do it again. This, you're out there for like two weeks. So it's a lot of playing. But yeah, I did it. And I think I think I even took third in the sketch doubles that year, which I had a partner with. So it was a really, yeah, it was a really good year. That's awesome. What? So you took some trophies home. And so how do you feel when you got home? amazing all of a sudden you know i i was you know i had interviews uh tom cole from bcsn wanted to interview me i had wtol doing an interview with me um i think another news station did one too so all of a sudden i'm just like went from people didn't remember me because there was a lot of time that passed and then i hadn't i wasn't a national champion when i was younger so nobody really knew me from uh, on a national level. And now all of a sudden players that I admire are saying hi to me, you know, when they were like passing me after I won, they were like saying hi to me. And mm-hmm. it was crazy to think that, wow, they know who I am now. That's pretty cool. So I was excited about that. I was just taking it all in. Um, it was a big accomplishment for me considering my whole history and everything I'd gone through and then coming back. But it makes you appreciate it. Yeah, really appreciate it. So uh, it was very, very, very exciting. And I haven't really looked back since, you know, mm-hmm. I've taken some second place finishes and haven't had a year like that again, but I, I will, I, I feel mm-hmm. it, you mm-hmm. know, I feel good about the path that I'm on. So um, I'm just going to continue to more move forward. Oh, and now I'm really into like health and fitness, which is I funny. So <laughs> yeah, so because because I have you know, I have an addiction thing going on. So when you're in, when you have this addiction personality, this Mm -hmm. addict personality, you can get addicted to anything, good things, bad things, you know? So I just, unfortunately when I was younger, it was bad things. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I learned how to reject it to healthy things. Right. Um, Other people may not say it's healthy because I get obsessed, you know, like I start working out and I'm working out all the time, like perfectly. I got to eat 
perfect, mm-hmm. super healthy. Um, but I could never, the thing is because I got addicted to health and fitness, I could never go back to, I couldn't even imagine putting some of that stuff in my body yeah, that I put in my body when I was yeah, younger. You're on the opposite spectrum now. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now you're, you're completely working out, kicking ass, eating right. Yeah. And yeah, that's a total different, like now you're a badass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I would say that, but I like that word. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, but I definitely feel better, you know, I feel like, and I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed. This is actually the first time I've really talked publicly about what I went through because, you know, not because, you know, I'm ashamed of it or anything. Cause I'm not, it's like who I am, but because of, I guess, fear of judgment of other people and what they would think if they knew some of the things that I've gone through, how they would look at me. Because I think most people that know me now would never, if I told them this, mm-hmm. they would just be like, what? Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, they, well, when we met and we talked and I, I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. So yeah, I can totally understand. And then if it's someone, you know, you know, like I never knew you before that. And so if it's someone, you know, I can totally understand yeah, there's people but, I've known for years and I'll tell them something like that one night and yeah. they'll, they'll just be like, are you serious? Mm. <laughs> you know? And I said, it feels like another life. I, oh, it is, I feel yeah. like a different person, right. um, completely different person. I don't even, sometimes I don't even feel like that life was ever real. Mm-hmm. It's so it's, it's surreal. But one thing I know is, uh, it's not a life I would ever go back to. Right. But that's, that's, the reason why that's not well that's not the reason why I wanted you on the podcast, but it's the reason why I wanted I was really excited for you to come on is because like when you met that stranger and those words helped you out, I'm hoping that someone's listening to this and it helps them out because someone that's deepen their problems, addiction, it could be anything. Hearing your words, they can relate to you. Yeah, and and if I could say anything to them, I would tell them that like addicted, don't label yourself being an addict, don't label that as a bad thing because it, it can be, I know so many people that come out of addiction that do amazing things because the one thing you could say about people that have my personality type is they're determined. And, and no matter what they do, it's just unfortunate that a lot of them got caught in the the dark side of it, but there's an amazing side of it and you just have to find it. And when you do, it's beautiful because you don't let things go. You know, you can, you can be the best at anything that you want to be. And, um, you work really hard, you know, you work really hard. You're not going to give up on something, you know, cause mm-hmm. you, you get, you, like I said, the health and fitness thing, you know, I, turned all my negative things into a positive and they can do that too. Anybody can do that. Right. I'm no, not special, you know? So. Oh, I think you're special. We're all special. Thanks. Yeah. We're all special. We all have special abilities and unique sides to us that some of us have trouble exploring due to circumstances, but it's all there. I feel you have to go through your own, your own journey 
to get to where you want to get to, to get to being champion for a pool, for a tournament, to who knows where your story is going to go now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you have some goals. I do. I do have some big goals. So, And like, yeah, I mean, winning, being a, going, growing up and being a, a pool, uh, a pool ball player at age 16, mm-hmm. practicing 10 hours a day, eight hours a day. I'm not, I'm sure it's, it's a, it sounds like it was all day. Yeah. And going on the road and uh, you were serious about it. I mean, you're going on the road. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty serious. And, you know, going, then you had some problems and you went to a dark place and you wanted to change. And that's the key. You want to change. You have to want to change. You wanted to change. You, you changed. You found your passion again. You found something that had meaning to it. Mm-hmm. You got to play pool again, came back, lost. Then you took first place. Like you lost the previous year. Like you, you whiffed. It was terrible. Came back and won the whole thing. Like, yeah, that's amazing. It felt amazing. And, um, Again, I plan on having some more wins in the future, so mm-hmm. keep an eye out because I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm waiting. What so what is your plans now? Well, um I actually I am going to be doing an exhibition up north with the guy who came through town in 2013. His name's Nick Varner. He's yeah. an eight-time world champion. I watched him growing up. He was a big idol of mine and I'm doing an exhibition with him up in Michigan can't remember the name of the city um but i'm doing that next thursday and so tomorrow i'm going to washington dc just for fun but uh but yeah i have this exhibition i'm really excited about and we've done it before i've done a couple with him before so yeah it's a lot of fun great group of people that's awesome yeah pick up any other hobbies along the way Nah, I still like to play Texas Hold'em when I can. You know, I still love to play cards. Mm -hmm. I don't get the opportunity as much as I'd like, but um, I was doing that for a while, you know, here and there. So I I like that. And I I love, I still like to bowl once in a while. And I tried playing tennis for a little bit, but I don't have the best knees. So... (laughs) (laughs) So what's your game plan? Like, what do you want to do? Well, I want to see, well, I mean, of course I want to win some more tournaments. Mm -hmm. That's my game plan. You Mm -hmm. know, I want to get my game stronger. So I mean, 2014 was great, but I want to win some more. I want some more titles. And I just want to see where that takes me, I guess. I'm just okay. kind of winging it, you know? I'm just kind of winging yeah, it right now. going on the journey, letting it take you. Yeah. I'm doing some social media stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love... I have a lot of exciting, you know, ideas about the future, I guess. We'll see. Awesome. I love what the, I love that the juniors, too. I love talking to the juniors and... Oh, okay. 
given just put given them where a, they're going yeah like a pep talk kind of deal or, yeah there's nice. some really talented juniors in the field right now so awesome so, so let's say if you're talking to a junior or someone that just enjoys playing pool and wants to do a little bit more what advice would you give them well stay focused on the game don't get distracted by the people in it then just be careful who you trust and who you hang out with because there's some seedy characters in the game and it's very easy especially being young and if it's a young girl i definitely would advise them to just be careful who they hang out with because there are a lot of bad people that will you know could take them down a dark path and you know just stay focused on them stay focused on the game and don't look back you know if that's what you want to do mm-hmm. you know you got to got to stay there mentally you right know? but yeah just yeah don't let other people consume you then yeah yeah don't, don't get caught don't get too caught up in the excitement of, i think it's different today though with facebook i don't think it's the same mm-hmm. like the road isn't the same you can't Everybody knows who everybody is now because of Facebook. All the games are made online mm-hmm. beforehand. There's no, no, there's none of that. Like somebody walks in and you don't know who it is. Everybody, you know, that that's gone. So that kind of, now it's a little different. I, I don't think there's, so I think the seediness is going a little bit. It's a little probably easier or better for the juniors now than it was when I was in the game. What's one thing in life you'd learned that changed your outlook on life? One thing in life I learned that changed my outlook. Wow. Well, I think that I learned, I learned, I'm trying to think how to put this. you have to really find out who you are and like just go with it and go for it, you know, not be afraid of it because I was always trying to make other people happy and you're never going to be happy trying to live other people's lives. Like you just got to do you and be you and, you know, follow your own dreams and your own instincts and, don't listen to what others have, you know, everybody has plans for you that aren't your own. You know, you got to follow your own path, whatever that path is and believe in it and believe in yourself. So I think learning that, and, and actually it's taken me probably to the last couple of years to really learn how to be myself and what that is. And I'm still learning. I'm not even close to finished with that journey, but uh, learning how to be yourself is the key to everything and to trying in it's the key to success. It's the key to happiness. It's everything. So if you can't learn that, or if you're not doing that, or if there's somebody in your life that you're just trying to please stop, just stop, like be yourself. So, yeah, awesome. for me, that's, that that's my biggest lesson in life. And I'm still learning that. So, mm-hmm. That's some, yeah, that's something where we all should work on. Yeah. Yeah. Those are definitely aspiring words. Gonna have to quote that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I could have probably said it better if I was no, more that prepared. Was awesome. No, it's, no, it's way better when it's not prepared. 
it's more meaning and heart. Into yeah. It. Uh, yeah. So uh, where can people find you online? They can find me all over the place. So <laughs> Kelly Isaac, I'm like, okay, so I have a Facebook page. I am Kelly Isaac Facebook and then I am Kelly Isaac Instagram and I am Kelly Isaac YouTube. Like I tried to keep it uniform so Good. it's easy yeah. to find. And then of course my main face, I haven't really been posting on my Facebook like page because it's just, it doesn't reach as many people. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and it's more for business, I think for businesses to try okay. to run ads because they, they change the algorithms on Facebook. So those pages don't get a lot of viewings. Mm-hmm. So most of my posting now, I don't think I've posted in that in a while is on my main page, Kelly Isaac, I S A A C. And you can find me there and you can add me as a, I don't really have room to add anybody, but I have followers. So Mm -hmm. just add and you can follow me and I keep everything open. So my followers can see what I post. I don't like keeping it open, but it's the only way to let the followers see. So, and Snapchat. Ah, I I don't have you on Snapchat. I Snapchat. Well, I go through times when I'm Snapchatting all the time. And then I go (laughs) through times when I, I don't think I have a snap on there now, but maybe I should add one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do you have any plugs you'd like to say or anything you'd like to advertise or um anything i'd like to advertise well you know uh if you do play pool and you like and you're looking for a new tip i suggest blackheart tips they're a european company and their tips are fantastic they are layered tips and they last forever and if you want to know more about that just shoot me a message all right well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It was amazing. I had fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I will see you later. Okay. Bye. You can be whoever you want to be. People may get in your way, including yourself, but they can also get out of the way if you truly believe in yourself. I really want to thank Kelly for sharing her story. Go over and support her. She has tournaments coming up. Her Facebook page is is, uh, entertaining. And I'm sure she'll have some things you want to keep an eye out for. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to show some support, please rate and subscribe on your podcast app you are using. And if you really want to support, go over and do it on iTunes. Rate and subscribe. That would really help because that's like the go-to podcast platform. All right, I will see you next time. Yeah, yeah.